being an artist means you're open to inspiration and open to ideas anytime and whenever it comes. And you have to just open, leave the door open. Hi, my name is Bailey Derecht and you're listening to The First Podcast. In this season, we're going worldwide. Every episode, an international guest will share their freestyle journey with you. Today, we're making it around the world with... Spinny Vinny, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? How Thanks you for having doing? me. Yeah, good. Super cool. Uh, how does it feel to be here in, in Prague? Because we're, we are a special location here. Can you explain what's happening? Yeah. Um, every year I come to Prague, I feel like there's a location change, right? And my first year when I came, it was Liberic, which was a smaller, outside of Prague, a smaller, a smaller town. Um, an amazing, amazing setup, amazing location. Then there was, there was Prague, and there was, there was Slavia. Then there, you know, there's always like a new spot. So this year, I'm always when I come to Prague, I'm like, all right. So what's the location going to be like? Yeah. What are the training spots going to look yeah. like? Are we going to be training inside, outside, on a track, in front yeah. of a Tesco? Like, what's it? What's it going to be? And when I came to the hotel, I noticed it was kind of a new hotel. They're still doing some construction, which is kind of interesting because I feel like freestyle, it's like a good metaphor for freestyle. Definitely. Like under construction, like always, always working, always. Yeah. The, the floors, like we, the columns have been put in. Like there have been some columns <laughs> yeah. put in. We have like historically you have Seon and you have, you know, you have Kamalio and you have like the, the, the shoulders that are keeping the structure. But then we're always renovating. Yeah. Always renovating. Yeah. So I feel like this location has is, is uh, has that that spirit and there's also like levels yeah which I like like you last night I was in the in the reception level and yeah. we were playing Pana at two in the morning with Jordan right well, yeah this morning I wake up and we're on the like the Congress every, like where like the co conference rooms are every level has its own vibe yeah it has a vibe so and for the people who are have no idea what they're now listening to because um, we are recording this podcast from from Prague, Czech Republic, and every year the football freestyle world championships, world open championships take place here. And this year uh, everything changed up a bit, or actually last year already because of COVID. Yeah, because of COVID. A switch of location. And um, if you hear, hear any any <laughs> background noise, that's because the freestylers are, are still training there. Uh, you also just trained, or yeah. I shouldn't say trained, because <laughs> see, see. we just had a, a small conversation <laughs> about it. Um, you prefer the word play, play, right? We use train because, you know, in sport, the word train, right, trainers, training, um, has entered the lexicon. It's entered into the vocabulary, yeah. so it just, we almost say it without thinking. But I always like to remind myself that the words have power. And when you say a word over and over, like freestyle, it's not soccer, it's freestyle. Yeah. It starts to, it starts to mean something. And so, with training, freestyle athletes wanted their craft to be taken seriously. So they started yes. saying, "I just don't play, I yeah. train." Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like a athlete. I'm training. But when you look at Maradona and Pele, and you look at Ronaldinho, and you look at street soccer, you notice that some guys, they're always playing around, and they're yeah. playing. And play can take many forms. And so I like to think of what we do as more serious play in the way an yeah. artist plays with elements, the way a musician, and you're composing music, you're playing yeah. with sounds, and then when you perform it, you're also interpreting. And yeah. interpretation is a form of play. So yeah. I feel like freestyle, if we think of our sessions, our jam sessions, 
are playing together. If you think of it more in terms of play, I feel like it's it does a, it's more a, justice to the word freestyle and how it should be, or it it emphasizes the creative and the dialogical nature yeah. of it. Yeah, Whereas training emphasizes skill level, technical level, and repetition so that you can get perfection. Yeah. So Olympic athletes often will be like, I'm gonna go train. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you don't you don't see a gymnast go, I'm gonna go play yeah. around. But, but parkour, you might jump into a river. <laughs> it's it feels more like play, right? So but, but, but let's say the top freestylers, would you yeah, what do you think? Are they training or are they playing? In I, think their they I think they train, but I also feel like talking to like some of the, the legends like the Mick Ricks and the Seans and the you know the Tom Follins, when the training becomes ninety eight percent of what you're doing, it's you're running the risk of burning out. Yeah. You're running the risk of it feeling like work. Yes. And I think when you train you get results. You get very concrete results. You see, you know, if I go and I go to the gym and I lift religiously five days a week, yeah, so you know, repetition, repetition, you're, repetition. Yeah, you're gonna see changes, and that's powerful. It's it's it produces change. But I may quit lifting yeah. if it's not enjoyable. So for the long run, I feel like excuse me, I feel like play is crucial for a longer term like engagement. And like me being an older freestyler at 45 yeah, with four 40. kids. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, four <laughs> kids, 45. The reason that I'm still playing freestyle is because I find a balance between training and playing. Is that the secret? For me, is the secret. I, 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 feel, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think or I assume that you're the, the oldest freestyler right now here at Super Bowl. At Super Bowl, I think there's a Japanese guy who's still competing now okay. at AO. He's like 43. And he's he's still top 16. But you're in 45. Japan. I'm 45. Come on, yeah. I'm all, yeah. you're out aging him. <laughs> Come on. Um, I think there's there's other guys in the world like yeah. I found on the internet that are like 50 and they're still doing like shit. Is and there a, is there a club or some sort? No, of No, there has group? to be a club. There should be. I always <laughs> say this. Group. There should be an over 40, over 50. But in some ways, I'm kind of glad that there's not because yeah. when you create age groups, you segregate. Yeah. And segregation is not always bad, right? Sometimes you need to allow for, account for difference in age, ability, gender, whatever. And that's nice to be, feel like you're with people in the same, like, yeah. I'm running a marathon. You can, you can identify yeah, the people right. around you. But when you do that, over 50 marathon, over 50 tennis, right? You stop interacting with the younger generation. Yeah. And then the learning then to me, like if I'm hanging out with you, yeah and Lubin and Patrick Shaw, I'm gonna like grow more grow and learn ideas. more. Yeah. And you hanging out with me, if we turn around and stop training for a second and you're like, so what do you think about like this? Yeah. Some yeah. like adult topic, yeah. Yeah. more like life topic. Then I bring like, I've been divorced, I've yeah. had kids, I speak two languages at home, I've lived in New York most of my life, but I grew up in a small town. Like Super interesting. And then there's kind of a, a two road Two-way road is yep. that the yeah, right word? Yeah, two-way street where yeah. we can, you can learn from my kind of life wisdom that's just impossible for you to have when yeah. you're 20. Yeah. When all you know is training and competing. Yeah. And I can like, I can be in contact with people who are really just completely immersed in their passion yeah. 
at a time in their life yeah. when they have very little distraction to be like in the big wow. picture it's very little distraction like but school whatever you know like true, a girlfriend true, whatever true. but <laughs> <laughs> but that's something i admire about you you know because you don't let your age stand in the way for interacting with us and with interacting with the younger people and i feel like there's also mutual res mutual respect yeah uh, and definitely admiration also from from our side towards you and your side towards the younger One generation. Of the, when I first went to Super Bowl, I was so nervous because I'm like, these guys are going to just laugh at me. Like, what's this guy doing here? Right? I mean, yeah, you know, I this was understand. eight years ago. I mean, I, I've been freestyling for like eight or nine years and I've been, you know, playing soccer for 41 years or whatever. But crossing over so late in the game, I would have been more comfortable in a Pana or like a street soccer setting because yeah. I have it's closer to the skill set I was bringing because okay. I played soccer for many years at yeah. a good level. Coming into freestyle where guys are sitting down. New or, world for you. Yeah, new movements, new world. So I said to myself, well, what could I possibly do to gain the respect of this community? Because it was important to me to be accepted on their terms. Yeah. Not my terms, no. but on their terms. Yeah, okay. I said, well... You were willing to make some changes or... I, well, I was willing to, to in. be on the outside at <laughs> first. Like, when Just I, watch. When I came to Super Bowl 2000. 15 or 2016 I would just kind of like do my freestyle in the corner with like my one friend yeah. and then there'd be lower circle with like Luca or whoever and there would be like crowd of 40 people cheering yeah, yeah. and I would sit down and watch and I, okay and I knew my place yeah yeah I didn't and then each year I made new friends yeah I made the Polish guys I invite a lot of people to my house in New York City. That Japanese was a big part. guys, Japanese Kazan guys, Kazani, Yoabuki, um, basketball freestylers. I just would tell them in Super Bowl, I'd say, whenever you want to come to New York, you always have a place yeah. to stay. Yeah. And they were like, really? Yeah, so you made... Yeah. <laughs> I can make use of that. Yeah, yeah I was like, and I then, live in New York. How can I make friends in Super Bowl? Come and stay in New York for free, you know? So well, in my house, I've had, I've had... The list is Mikrids, yeah. Jihu, um, Jordan, Mathieu, Kanta, who's a basketball freestyler. I know him. Uh, spin, uh, spin Boy or Spin Man from France, who used to be with S3 in the very beginning, I don't know if you know this. Okay. But Don't Spin know. Boy, who's a basketball freestyler, was part of the very first S3 crew because the very beginning of S3 was not freestyle. It was urban, you know, yeah. street society, right? It, was, it wasn't just freestyle. Okay. It was basketball. Yeah, it was, it several was, aspects. Yeah, yeah, several aspects. So he was very beginning, but he has a very strong personality, like most French, but even more <laughs> like strong. And him and Sean and Galtier, the three of them, like That's where too much in the same group. So okay. Galtier split off, Spinboy split off, you know, Andrea stayed, Sean stayed, like Bangkok stayed, like certain people stayed yeah. who were willing to let Sean be like the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the guys who were like Galtier like, was like, no, I'm the big guy. <laughs> <laughs> I start my own crew, right? So, Spin Boy, I've had um, from Ukraine. Um, uh, who's the who's the, the the champion of Ukraine? The older guy, Judge uh, Zura. Zura, Zura oh, yeah, yeah. stayed with me yeah. for a week, um, and then like of course all of the U.S. freestylers yeah. like Mendoza and all the guys from out I'm there. Sorry if we forgot anyone. But yeah, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure we have. But. Yeah, you know, there's. Um, <laughs> And any freestyler who ever come through New York, like Gautier came to New York for a, for a he was doing a show, okay. and I would just like write to them. And yeah. I'd be like, Are you in New York? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, let's get a drink. And yeah. then we'd have a drink. Tukora came to New York. And Tukora's not like a very, 
outgoing no, like guy. No. He's very chill, super chill. On his own maybe a bit? Yeah. yeah. And I wrote to him, I'm like, hey, let's meet. And he's like, I'm going shopping in Soho. So you, you can come with me. And I'm yeah. like, all right, yeah, I'll That's be there. It. So I went to Soho and we like went clothes shopping for like <laughs> two hours, had a tea and then, I went, and then left. Like, you know, he was then, in New York for a week. And, and you I, made a new friend there probably, right? Or a connection. connection. So whenever I see Tokora, he sees me and he's yeah. like, we hung out in yeah. New York. Yeah, and you have that. Yeah, yeah. So that was one way as a, as a not a top level freestyler. Like I wasn't going to become friends with the top guys based on like a shared level. It no. was more going to be something that I'm contributing. French, yeah. A, yeah, friendship. Like a friendship. You yeah. can say friendship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, they were like very great, grateful that I was like putting them up or, and I would tell them, look, I have two kids. I have a wife. Yeah. I have like, it's not like, um, typical freestyle no. house where you can no. just kind of like leave your clothes everywhere and but it's more like a family so I just I would tell them like yeah. just know that but so pick up take a shower yeah. and they'd be like yeah 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 and then my wife she would like she has a list of freestylers Scora stayed at my house yeah. a list of freestylers and they would get check or X really and so this guy can come again back. yeah <laughs> yeah I never told them that oh okay that's a secret <laughs> so I'm not telling any names like like you'll never know like Matthew Jordan score you'll never know what list you're but on if but if you're in New York again mm -hmm. and, and you don't and get the message then you know then no. you know you're on the list <laughs> then you have the cross yeah yeah, yeah. yeah um, and then not only that but freestylers are amazing because take a Mikritz who to me is one of the greatest freestylers of all time Agree. he would come and I'd be like can you do a show for my for my kids in school like just come by yeah. and he'd be like yeah, of, course. of course and go and he would just do like wow. fuck, show and my like you know Lower East Side of Manhattan like from like you know the projects yeah well come to school one day yeah, because you're and a this, teacher also right yeah I'm a middle school I'm an elementary school teacher and I teach PE and I'd be like, guys, like today we're, we're going to be featuring like a physical movement or a physical activity called freestyle. Yeah. And, you know, freestyle, like parkour, like, like climbing, like running, like walking, like any movement is a part of physical education. Yeah. And there's a sports side, there's an art side. And I'm going to show this person is going to showcase. I think most um, like physical teachers or physical education physical education yes it's more focused on i wouldn't say the basics but you know soccer or at least that's in, in europe that's yeah, the case team sports team sports team sports um because it's what they grew up playing yeah but and i'm unique in that i grew up playing basketball soccer <laughs> tennis baseball but now i'm in the freestyle world because yeah. you were open to getting to know the younger freestylers yeah. maybe and you're up to date you know what's going on urban sports are popping yep Big and time. you know it and yeah. you bring it to your classroom. Right. And I want to showcase you guys. I want, I want other teachers to see you not as a fringe activity that's like a, a closed off community, but I want them to see you as the future of like what's possible in movement and to yeah. see you as having contributions to make at all levels of society. Right. So I don't want Super Bowl athletes to feel like they go home, train in their garage, no. go to Super Bowl, everyone goes crazy, go back home to yeah. their garage. I want to see people out doing what you do, doing showcases, doing shows, doing clinics, meeting kids, making it attractive and, and available and accessible. Yeah, available. You know? That's the word. That's the word. And yeah. you're, you're doing that in your, in, your in your school, in your classroom, but you're also doing that at home, I feel like. Because like you say, you're, you're a father of four kids, two younger 
So I always, boys. so I have, I have two older kids from a first marriage, and I yeah. have two younger kids, twins from a second marriage. My wife's a, a professional flamenco dancer, so there's a lot of dance in my house as well. The freestyle and the dance, like, if you, if you know, if you know Kavai. anything about like, kind of like the history of freestyle soccer, you know that between some of the French guys and the Japanese guys and a few of like, you know, maybe Belgium, there has always been some interest in breaking culture and like, or, or musicality and freestyle, like exploring yeah. the possibilities. And Super Bowl has tended to attract more of like the kind of Eastern European vibe of like the lower, like air moves. Up until this point. Up until maybe the last few years where I don't know, maybe Erlin and Mikre kind of opened the door a little bit, and then it's now like, because Erlin, you know, now world champ, was never like big, like lower guy no. in the beginning. You mean more yeah. all around? More and all around always. And actually, his lower, Erlin, I hope that you're not watching this, but <laughs> his lower was not so attractive early on. At that time. And yeah. the level wasn't so high, like the, the execution wasn't so great. And then, Erlin being world champ, just like, you know, he just got better and better, but he, he can do, it know, he can do now. everything yeah. now. But, <laughs> but back then, he knew it was like maybe not his strong point. No, one of, yeah. And he just worked on it. But that opened the door to a lot of freestylers who maybe felt like they wanted to explore different vocabulary. Yeah, because now they saw it was possible to also yeah. do something else than, but lower. And also lowers. win, because at the end and of the day, many. some people are competing and they felt like Erlin is world champ and he's not doing... Like oh, he's not course. Ricardinho or he's no. not, you know, Boyka or he's not, you know, even even the Polish guys like Shimo and Mikrik, they're still such strong lower. Yeah. So you would say that Erlen's showing that you can win also with, yeah. with showing other aspects and elements from freestyle, then the, the lowest is really inspiring to other people. Yeah, I feel like Erlen showed the world that you can win at the highest level without having the best lower. And that was like Andrew... Sh showed but that you could win at the highest level. You just had to be athletic enough yeah. to respond yeah. with hard lower. And this is the bright side. If we, yeah, if we take a look at it like this, then of course it's really positive. Um, but can it also be a downside? Because now we have to maybe, now there has to be a freestyler who is more focused on, on, on one other. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that um, Erdent is now on top. Is an yeah, all-around freestyler. Yeah, yeah. So he's, the, is, he's an influencer yeah. now, like a so, real-life influencer. <laughs> so is the story now turn around? And um, do oh, you need to be all-around in order to yeah. win, or can you also focus on one element and still win? What would you say? I don't, I don't, I don't think you can focus on one element and win. I, I don't at the highest you level. You think that's fair, also, or I don't know if it's fair. I mean, I would. What I would say is you have to have a specialty. Yeah. In your freestyle, like. Yeah. Take um, take someone like a a Jesse, who's yeah. an all-around freestyler. For him to continue to like go higher and higher, yeah. he needs to develop his own language, a specialty that okay. he can use in a battle to really like say, "This is me," yeah. and this you can't do this, yeah. right? And he's developing that vocabulary yeah. as we speak, but it's he's still like but maybe one step away. Someone like Boyka. He's also all around, in my opinion. He can do backflip, he can do J-stall, he can do transitions, he can do sits, he can do everything. Every, yeah. But he needs to have something, a weapon. Yeah. Like, my lower combo You mean will, signatures here? Yeah, like signature lower combo or signature lower. Meaningful that, signatures. That will be the difference when judges are yeah. like, wow, everything's good. 
Where's the yeah. edge? Jordan yeah. can do a pale. He can do sit down his own way. He can do a little this than that. But when he starts doing his big moves, that forces the other opponent to be like, shoot, yeah. I need to respond yeah. with my own, yeah. not just big yeah. moves, but like something for and me. That's where the creativity comes in. You know, you can you can buy it, you can copy a lot of tricks. Um, but the, then, yeah. <laughs> my my, there's been a lot of talk about creativity and biting and copying and. I talk to some freestylers like Boyka and he always say like, dude, who, everything's been invented in some big historical sense. Like we didn't invent juggling. Francis Brune in the circus invent, yeah. he did so much like It's not about creating like, something completely new. It's, it's a, maybe combining elements in a, in a new way. Or. There's that, like PWG has also said, I'm an innovator, I innovate. I take what people do and I, I reconfigure it. Yeah. I'm like a designer, like a graphic designer. Yeah. You take elements. Mick Rick would say, no, like I'm trying to like, he's more trying to create new art, new, okay. you know, he's more okay. like a modernist, like <laughs> artist. And then you talk to Gabrielle Park and he's like, I took the best of Erlen and Mick Rick and I'm now, I'm going to create my own vocabulary, yeah. my own language. But what if we were talking about with you? We're In my case, you. for me, I would say, um, I feel like whenever, I get a chance to train or to play freestyle, it's like a victory. It's a victory because not a lot of 45-year-old guys with four kids with a full-time teaching schedule wow. can, can go to that place and, and experience just movement and joy like so Freedom. easily. Literally, yeah. I just pick up my ball. Like I could be in an air, airport and I could go to a corner and I could create an energy and a yeah. vibe and I could spend two hours lost yeah. in time and people will walk over to me, kids, three years old, and be like, like just random kids who don't speak English, like to come up to me and just want to touch the ball yeah. and like how you do that. Yeah. So I can create that magic out of nothing almost. And that to me is like the gift of freestyle to me in my life. What, does that, what does that mean to you uh, being a 45 year old guy, um, having those skills and kind of getting the respect from from younger kids or other people around you? I always, I have a good friend in New York, Frankie Flo, and we always talk a lot about like life, kind of life and freestyle things. And he always says to me, like Vince, whenever you're on the train and a two-year-old walks over, like you, you have to rock a show, you yeah. have to do a show. And like, you, if you can make them smile, like then freestyle wins, yeah. like we, we're winning. But if you're doing freestyle, to just beat people or to say like, look how good I am, mm. then it's like a very, that's like a, a minor victory, like it's smaller. It's important to be good and to, yeah. you know, like, but it's not nearly as important no. as you connecting with other human beings and sharing the joy. The biggest victory to me is when a kid comes over and admires or is, gets into my energy and sees what I'm doing and then I give them the ball and then I spin on their finger or I, yeah. they do a trick and then we start to interact. And once you start interacting through freestyle, through the language of freestyle, you're creating a dialogue. And that dialogue is what builds bridges between people of different ages, different cultures, different ethnicities. And then to me, the world is a better place. That's, that's again, the goal. Again, here, the, the main point is the interaction, right? You set up the interaction with the younger freestylers, but also the, 
the kids who have no idea of what freestyle is and that brings you so much joy and uh, connection with others. In, in, in my classes, in my pedagogy, like the way I approach teaching, I always use freestyle as a way to build relationships. Bro, I would love to be a pupil in your class. <laughs> Man, I would love to have you as a, my, as a teacher. The first day of my health class, when I taught middle school last year, I said to the kids, I said, guys, it was, it was boys class, yeah. I said, guys, there are skills in life, things that you learn by practicing. Like you, you spend four years talking to your parents and you develop the language and yeah. you're able to talk. It's a skill, right? Yeah. And if I take this soccer ball, for example, and I would pick my ball out, I'd be like, if I spin it on my finger and I do this and you look at that, you're not looking at me just randomly doing something. This is something I practiced on the subway yeah. in New York City for two years while waiting for the train, and now I'm showing it to you. Yeah. It's a skill. If I do a handstand and I go up and hold it, you're, it's not like everyone wants to just do things, but when you do a skill, it's something that you, like you practice. You've and dedicated you, yourself yeah. to Yeah, so in health. But you don't see that, eh? In health, like there are people who have health skills. Like you come to me and you're upset and you're angry and you just had your worst set ever in Super Bowl after two years and you're so pissed and you're like, wanna fucking die. And I say to you, listen man, take a deep breath and let's, let's, let's just talk through this and I'm just gonna listen to you. And I use my like de-escalation, like well, social I, emotional skill. I hope this doesn't happen, no, no, but no, no, if no. it happens. A very hypothetical, very unprobable hypothetical scenario. <laughs> I'm that guy, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> like, but you know, when the police come in New York City, you know, in New York City, in, in the United States, all over the world, we have issues with police interactions with communities, right? And people calling for defunding the police, people calling for reforming the police. But the main problem is if you hand a cop a gun and tell them this is your main weapon, this is how you are going to keep order yeah. by showing this weapon, right? That's what you become good at. Yeah. But if you take a gun away and say your main weapon is talking, your voice, your yeah. you're listening, de-escalating, and we train you that way, then the cops feel like, so if and you tell a power. soccer player, go rock a show and impress people, but use freestyle skills, they're like, dude, I can't do that because I don't train freestyle. Yeah. If you tell a freestyler, Man, go on 11 v 11 field and impress everyone. You're like, well, that's not what I do. So we need to develop health skills to be healthier. Social emotional intelligence to develop our social emotional. We need to learn, if I want to battle freestyle, I need to learn freestyle skills to be able to so talk the same language. So it takes time and you, you need to be aware that you have to practice in order to get to a level where it's going to be your power, you know? And a, developing a skill and not just a physical skill, but you know, an emotional skill or a social skill. These skills are what, you know, for me is part of education. Education is educating, as a physical educator, we educate through the body, Yeah. through it. Not, I don't educate my body as if it were an object. No. Like I'm gonna teach my foot to do two revolutions around the ball. What do you mean exactly, like through your body? So, a lot of times in sport, we talk about training the body. Yeah. I'm going to train my weak foot. Yeah. But the body part becomes something separate from you. Yeah, I see. You see what I'm saying? It's a duality, we call it I in see. philosophy. Object, yeah. subject, duality. Yeah. Yeah. So in like Eastern philosophy, you try to overcome 
duality. Yeah. It's like in Buddhism, you try to see your foot and your consciousness and yourself as the same thing. Yeah. It's not a duality. It's okay. the same. So when you say, my foot gave out on me, it's like, no, you gave out on you because you are your foot. There's no foot that exists outside of your consciousness. Wow. It's, a form, it's a metaphor or a way of speaking, but in the same way I say let's play versus let's train, these metaphors can change the way we think about our existence and how we are in the world. So that to me if you say let's If you say let's play, what are you playing? What are your... If I say to you, like if I say to Patrick, let's play or let's, you're let's not have fun. You're not playing with your left foot then or you're playing with... Right. You're, with well, I'm playing with my heart. With your heart. And my mind. And your and mind. My fit, like, like some people say that your mind and your knee are actually like, can, are connected and interdependent. So if you're not right in the head, you can hurt yourself. Yeah. You can go out and hurt yourself. Let's, let's, let's use a very good example. You have the gymnast from the United States, right? The female gymnast yeah. um, who, gold medal winner, she comes to the Olympics. Simone Biles. Simone. And she's not right in the head. No. And she starts to, she does like a, a vault and she's in the air and she's like, I'm lost in the air. Like, yeah. I don't feel safe. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. And it's very rare to hear Olympic athletes at that level bring attention to the psychological and the emotional in, in such a way. Yeah. Like where she's like, I'm just not going to compete because I'm not in the right frame of mind. I can see a lot of athletes saying, are you out of your mind? Like, like no, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Messi can't get to the Champions yeah. League final and say, and then, I'm feeling like I'm not in it today. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're getting paid millions <laughs> yes, of dollars. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that. So she's reclaiming her right to, to make her self-care. Respect, like, respect for her. Respect for her body. Her whole self yeah. is now at play. Her whole self is at play. She's not just a person who does tricks, a gymnast who performs. She's a whole person. Yeah. And she kept saying that. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, like, I'm a black person. I have feelings. I have thoughts. I'm a gymnast. The U.S. gymnast team just faced 10 years of, like, physical and sexual assault from a doctor. Like, yes. we were traumatized as a... Yeah. As an organization, so it was it a long-term problem. Long-term problem. Play, yeah. She didn't talk about it specifically, but you knew it was there when she says, yeah. "Like hell, our so hell." It wasn't just that that day she wasn't feeling so great. Of course, it. it, it and it wasn't just she years. called it the twisties. They say in gymnastics, if you get the twisties, that you you lose your sense of where you are in the air, and like it's this but word but they use that they don't talk can, about. How can you resolve that? Was it maybe the result of her? Could it be that she trained too much instead of play, played? I think, I think what she was trying to say is that they, they say that the, the twisties or that sense of feeling like you're not in control of your body anymore, that it can happen from time to time. And usually what you do to get out of it is that you, you go back to the basics. Like you okay. start over and, you, and like you kind of step back. Would you say this also is also the case for freestylers? Like if you have a mental block, for example, you, you can't perform the tricks. Would you advise them to go back to the basics and I would say, different thing? Yeah, like, I would say that in Simone's case, just forcing it, just like, I'm just going to go through it, doesn't always work. No. And some freestylers you'll talk to who are just like, if I can't get a trick after two hours, I just go another hour. You know, like, kind of old yeah. school mentality, yeah. right? But there is another way to go about it where you you let it go, in a sense, and you stop grasping so hard, and you just relax your hand. Yeah. And in the way that 
it's once again it's more of like an eastern concept but at this point east west like you know who can draw the distinction yeah. anymore yeah. it's kind of like if you and i are fighting and i say you know what i'm going to stop trying to like convince you that i'm right i'm yeah. just going to let it be and then all of a sudden we like start to understand each other more by doing less so we stop arguing like you stop forcing it and all of a sudden it comes out it's the opposite of what you think it's like yeah. the less so is taking more taking a step back would actually result in taking maybe two steps or ahead. take a week off take like i've met off. freestylers like I, who've told me i trained everyday lowers for six months and i was getting worse and then mm. i took two weeks didn't train anything and then i came back and i land like yeah. what is that exactly maybe also if we, <laughs> if, we if we as freestylers talk with each other uh, a lot of yeah many times i hear like uh I, you've been training right how for how many hours have you been training we could also turn it around and say like just how was your training or or like not equating time with success quality. yeah right and so think about like like a friend of mine used to always say i'm on the train and i'm still playing in my mind yeah like, i'm you don't progress or or advances or breakthroughs don't just happen in the amount of time you're in your session they could happen in the shower, they can yeah. happen at work, they can happen when you see a video and you see a dance movement and you make a connection and you think of your body and how you would do it and then all of a sudden you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. And that can happen anywhere. And so yeah. the idea that you only learn freestyle in your two hours of yeah. the 24 is a mistake, I think. Yeah. Because most creative people I know, most artists, they don't think of it like, of course they have the time when they practice their craft, but being an artist means you're open to inspiration and open to ideas anytime and mm. whenever it comes. And you have to just yeah. open, leave the door open. Yeah. Like maybe this week you didn't know that certain doors would be open and it just happens and you're open to it. Yeah. But if you come here and you have a set plan, yeah. like I'm yeah. going to do this at this yeah. time, yeah. maybe you miss it because yeah. you just weren't open to it. You'll miss the train. Yeah. So, so you, better, you better also be inspired on the train. So I always I, like, you know, as a New Yorker, we spend so many hours on trains. I see so many dance shows, like amazing things on a train. I've if you are if you shut off during the train, you're missing like a good part of like New York life. I always tell people if, who are visiting New York City, if you're visiting New York City, <laughs> don't take a taxi, take the train, man. Like that's where the New York City culture is, is real, man. Um, take the train. I think it just shut off. It shut off. Okay, well, we've got that camera running. Oh, okay, okay. But um, I always say take the train because the train is like a microcosm of like, you know, New York life and New York society. Yeah. And you have different, um, you know, you have, you have the, the bucket drummers, like that was invented in New York City, like yeah. in the trains, like the bucket drumming. Yeah. It's like there are guys there who've been bucket drumming for 15 years and they, they have it down to like an art form. There's the guys who can do literally a performance, a dance performance between 59th Street and 125th Street. It's literally like they've timed it like two and a half minutes. They've been practicing that. The sets, bro. They, they're literally, as the door is opening, they finish their set and, wow. and they're handing their hat out and then it's like, it's perfectly timed. You're like, how do they do it? Yeah, you know? how do they do it? But then the hours of practice that went into that, you didn't see that. I said to them, I said, how do you practice doing a backflip on a moving train? Right? Because these guys do flips. They, they do handsprings, bro. They're doing handsprings. You're sitting there, and this person's sitting there, and there's a pole in the middle, and they're literally grab the pole, do a trick, do a handspring, do a backflip, wow. and the train is moving. You think it's hard on stage. This guy's doing a moving train. And I say to them, I said, when do you practice? He's like, four in the morning, 
Uh, way on the outside of the city, no people in the train. We just practiced <laughs> playing on the trains. Whoa. So I'm like, so freestylers, think about this. In a battle, A, you can use your hands. Yet most lower freestylers, they make a mistake time with their hands. Okay? <laughs> Two, you can't just restart every time you screw up. You have to kind of keep going. Two, three, 30 seconds, that's all you got. It's quick, it's intense, right? Four, you have to respond to another human being who's standing in front of you. Now let's, let's, five, you have music playing and you're supposed to be kind of like at least with the vibe. Six, there's an audience that potentially you could be tapping into and rocking and energy. Seven, right? There's no repeats. So you take those seven elements, as Sean would tell me, he's like, these are the seven elements of a, of a battle. Seven. And let's go to the typical training session of whoever, right? X person. By themselves. Maybe music, maybe not, right? No crowd. Sets, now people train sets. In the old days, you could tell they didn't train sets. So it kind of looked like strange to see them perform because they would just kind of stop and start. And so most of the conditions that you find in a battle are not replicated in practice. That's a problem. You're not supposed to practice or play or train your sport in ways that don't mimic the conditions of what you're hoping to achieve. So that's the huge disconnect. That's why when you talk to the French guys and they're constantly in ciphers and constantly in the street and constantly out battling Was, Sian, Bangkok, that's their everyday culture. When they get into a stage, it looks Natural. Natural. Andreas, they look comfortable. You go to the Eastern Europeans, you go to the, whether it's the Dutch or the German or the Scandinavians, they don't have this kind of French street cipher, b-boy, in the hood kind of culture. When they get on stage, you like PWG, VLO, like it's unbelievable what they're doing and it's incredibly technical and that they keep emphasizing that. But those other elements aren't there in the battle because it's not what they're living. No. So it's culture yeah. at the end of the day. So I always say, if you want to do well in a battle and you want those elements, try to replicate them in practice. Is it easy? No. You have to find training partners. You have to find, you have to get out of your fucking house. You've got to go out to the street. Was used to tell me the best way I used to train in France is go out and do shows yeah. and pretend like, like as soon as someone starts watching, it's like, okay, battle, like yeah. perform. I, I make a mistake, keep going. And then you stop and let them applaud and that's your... I, I totally agree, you know. Like, I want to do good in battles, but then a few years ago I was just practicing, <laughs> and, and still sometimes I'm practicing in my room, two and a half hours. I do have the music on, <laughs> uh, but I don't have a crowd, you know. I'm You're not doing sets? I'm, yeah, I'm doing sets. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> I'm not interacting with the elements around me, you know. I, I want to avoid the lamps or the, <laughs> you know, my bed. and um, but. You should just go out and you should yeah. perform even when there's a crowd. Just when there's a crowd, you should perform. Of course, because the anxiety that comes with like live performance is real. It's a real, it's not, the adrenaline is real. It's not bad. It's just you have to learn how to deal with it. And if you practice that, the stress reaction, your yeah, stress response yeah. will lower and you can perform better yeah. on stage. Wow. So I'm not, look, I'm not saying that I'm that guy who has mastered it Definitely because I not. get nervous. But you are the guy who has. 50 or 45 years of knowledge, yeah. uh, wisdom. You've been. I've talked to a lot of people. You've talked I've to a lot of people. I've seen a lot of battles. I've seen. So you know what you're talking about. Like, there's a guy who I thought was maybe, I mean, Martin, you know, from Netherlands. Yes. One of the great pioneers of J Stall. Yeah. You know, after Jordan, he really was 
I kind of feel like he was the guy that almost normalized J-Stall. Like he, he made it like we used to, I remember when he was in Super Bowl in Liberic, he would just do it like at a party. Yeah. Like we'd be partying, he would be doing J-Stalls. And it was like, J-Stall was not a move that you saw so much 2016. Like no. five years ago, people, now like every 16 year old French kid can do a J-Stall. <laughs> but like back then, there were only a few specialists and you didn't just see it like as a normal thing. He really normalized it, but he always struggled on stage to be as good as his Instagram self, as yeah. his YouTube self. Like it was, it was hard for him to match what he was doing off on camera, yeah. and so, he, it was tough. Would you say that if he made the circumstances um, more similar, like I think that would have helped him in, in training? It would have because he was a person or is a person that I think like many freestylers found solace or found comfort in the fact that he could just go in his room and train for five hours. Yeah. Like free, some freestylers, I would say more than like the average team sport person, enjoys the solitude of training. Otherwise, you wouldn't get very good, yeah. right? But freestyle isn't submitting videos for competitions. At least it wasn't until two years ago. Um, so that wasn't the format that you would be battling in. So it was a little disconnect. Like, yeah. imagine you're a writer, or you're a poet. Poet, you're at home writing your poems. That's your comfort zone. Then someone says, hey, we have a mic, open mic night, and there's a crowd, and you can get <laughs> up and rock the crowd with your poetry. That's a different kind of poetry, <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. Slam poetry and traditional poetry is the difference between freestylers at home training for hours and making clips versus live yeah. doing it in a performance. Yeah. I just think that if you try to go from here to here very quickly, you're going to suffer. Yeah. But that doesn't, it's not bad. No. You just have to realize that it's a different skill set. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to put yourself in the environment. And the more you do it, the more you'll learn to handle it. Yeah. And some people, to be honest, it never comes easy for them. No. Like, they never really feel completely comfortable. Those people maybe don't have the destiny or the vocation to be performers. No, and that's fine too. <laughs> that's okay. That's fine too, that's okay. definitely. Yeah. But you do have to maybe understand that those are two different worlds. And if you want to be in the, the battle world on stage, then also take into consideration that, yeah, you should like align I, your training. I always, I, always, I always use the example of Andrew because we used to hang out a lot and I'd be like, Andrew would, would want to battle you in anything. <laughs> like, like, but that's arm right wrestling, night. like, you know, whatever it was, he was down. Ping pong, like, he could spend the whole day in different kinds of battles, right? But then you meet a more, like, artistic freestyler, and, like, they're just not interested no. in, like, that. No, they're not. The battle mind. Right, the battle yeah. mentality. And so I feel like if you're a Pana player, like a Bangkok, you're always going to be walking like this yeah, around yeah, this yeah. guy <laughs> because he's never ends. No, it never really never ends. ends. And those kinds of mentalities obviously are what you need to yeah. succeed at the highest yeah. level in wow. that world but it's not for everybody and you need part of the freestyle journey i feel like is, is self-awareness self-knowledge yeah understanding who you are right yeah. it's identity finding yeah. out who you are you have to go i always recommend like like i remember the first time i came to super bowl i didn't compete and they're like dude you should compete i'm like bro i'm not these guys are amazing like i'm shit. like i can't compete with them year two my friend, you know, Frankie Flo, Alex Mendoza, you should compete. I'm like, all right, you know, like I'll compete, you know. And so I did horrible kind of, you know, whatever. I did my best. I dropped, I made mistakes. But and it was stressful. 
wasn't as fun. It was just kind of stressful, I, I, you know. But the personal growth went way up. Yeah. Every yeah. time you do something out of your comfort zone, the personal growth is amazing. Wow. And you also learn about yourself, whether or not that's for you. Like, Definitely. You don't know if you're a battle freestyler until you- you haven't tried it out. Yeah, you have to try yeah. it. Yeah. And so a lot of guys now that I've talked to are like, yeah, I've, I've tried battling. It doesn't move me in the way other people does, and that's okay, now that's, I know. Yeah. But you gotta do it. Wow. You gotta go out there and do I it. I think that's you know? a good conclusion. <laughs> I, I, let's wrap it up here. Okay. I want to thank you so much. Uh, yeah, for bringing for the me, yeah. yeah, thanks for being here on the podcast, but also for bringing the colors, you know, to Super Bowl. Um, let's go. For the ones no. listening, you can't see, but beautiful hat, a lot of colors, beautiful shoes. Um, Guys, there's, there's so much darkness in the world. The least we can do is try to put a little color in our life. <laughs> Put it on your, look, if you can put seven or eight different colors of food on your plate every time do you it. eat, you're going to be healthy. Do it. You do heard it. it here from Spinny Vini. You're going to be healthy. <laughs> if you wear more colors, you're going to attract good vibes, man. Wow. So have you ever met a person wearing pink and purple and green who wasn't like positive? Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Think about know. it. Thank you, Spinny. All right, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And we're done. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Let me know what you think of this episode. You can always send me a message. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you soon. Bye-bye.